How are you? I'm good. How are you? Also doing well. I'm vibing. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will warn you, though, I have a not-so-fun story for you. Ah, darn. Yeah. Yeah, um, my mom always complains too when it's like these types of cases. She's like, I started it, but I couldn't finish it. Yeah, it, it does get tough. Yeah, no, especially because, okay, so, yeah, this is like a woman who killed a bunch of kids, and it's, it's oh. kind of sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I feel like those types of cases are always hard too, because like, yeah. they're children and they're innocent, and like, they never did anything, and it just, it's hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to traumatize you if you're ready to be traumatized. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, let's get started. I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grimm. Woo! I just feel like I'm so happy on that intro, and it's, like, not a happy podcast. And then it just goes downhill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, right away. Right oh, off yeah. the bat. Vibe is killed. <laughs> Sorry, bad. Um, okay, so this week I'm going to be telling you about Christine Falling. Um, and I'm not sure if you heard about her. She's an American serial killer from Florida. Um, I don't think I have. Yeah, so the, actually, the interesting thing about this case specifically, or like her name actually, is that when I was looking her up, um, all these articles were mentioning Christine Laverne Slaughter. And I was like, oh, is that a nickname or something? But no, that's her name. Her name is, her name is literally Christine Slaughter. Oh my god, wow. Um, it's that's, crazy, yeah. yeah insane. Um, and I honestly, I feel like that's just a little bit of foreshadowing. She like really? ended up changing her name later because like she got adopted, or whatever. But um, okay. her birth name was Christine Laverne Slaughter. Wow! And I just think that's kind of wild. That is really wild. Yeah. Um. So she she was born. She was the youngest child in her family. Um. Her father was called Thomas, and he was sixty five years old when Christine was born, while her mother Anne was sixteen years old. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. So, like, right off the bat, not very good. Yeah. Um, like, 50-year age difference? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, um, and literally already had a child before Christine. So, Christine, like, she had an older sister, and I just, um, like, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, I just think that's, like, actually, like, insane. Yeah. Um, and this was in the mid 1900s, so she was born okay. in 1963. Um, but still, like, <laughs> yeah, that's like a big age difference for yeah, like, even then. Feels very icky. Yeah. Um, and her family lived below the poverty line, so like, you know, if you think practically, like Christine wouldn't have received any early childhood support in any yeah. way. Um, which is also really hard um, to make things worse. Her father was super inattentive and really violent, and like their home life just wasn't good at all. Um, she was considered, like in on papers or whatever, like by diagnosed as like um, 
mentally challenged and also suffering from epilepsy. Mm. So just a lot of things um, stacked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One article I read said, quote, she was severely developmentally disabled, prone to obesity, epileptic, experienced bouts of aggressive behavior, and throughout her life was never able to surpass sixth grade vocabulary skills, end quote. Um, And honestly, I really feel like that's just like part of her home situation. Yeah. And how it was really bad. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, so because they lived below the poverty line when her parents could no longer afford to support her or her sister and, you know, there's like a lot of fighting and it wasn't a very happy marriage, so they kind of like sent her away to be adopted by someone else. Like, they just like got rid of her. Okay. Um, And so she spent a lot of her childhood and like teens in various orphanages and foster homes um and what i mean by by this is that like when her parents could no longer support her as in like literally within a few years of her being born um so she and her older sister were adopted by the falling family and that's how she has her name christine falling okay um however both the girls found themselves in like constant conflict with their adopted family and then they were eventually placed in, like, another children's home near Orlando, Florida. And that was when Christine was only nine years old. Okay. Um, she was super insecure, which I feel like is understandable considering, you know, the circumstances that she was brought up in. Yeah. Um, and I guess she compensated for that insecurity and all of that pent-up anger by killing small animals. Oh, that's, um, I don't think that's a good outlet. No. Mm-mm. No, it's not. She would kill cats um, at a very early age, which is, now we know, you know, like, one of the signs of, like, like something that needs to be monitored yeah. if children are killing animals. But I guess, you know, 1960s, it's not really, like, they just were like, oh, she's super aggressive. Um, she justified all these actions by saying that she wanted to test if they actually had nine lives. Oh, my God. in order to test the nine lives, she would throw them really high up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really just disgusting. Yeah. Behavior. Yeah. Um, And on top of that, you know, she would also strangle them, and she said that it was a way of her showing them her love. No, um, I don't think that shows them your love. Yeah. Maybe like petting them, giving them a yeah. treat. I think that would be better. Just a little, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I think that that might be a product of like how she grew up as well. If she grew yeah. up in like abusive households. That's true. Um, but still, you know, there's like no excuse for that. Like, yeah. It's just not good. Um, the Fallings caretaker at the um, like home that she was in the children's home. Uh, basically described her as a habitual liar, a compulsive thief, and a child who would break rules to gain attention. Um, and, you know, her relationships with, like, the other kids um, at the home were also really, really bad, um, possibly as, like, in direct comparison to her um, appearance and poor social skills and her quote-unquote intellectual deficits um 
from one of the articles that I read said that that was basically like a constant source of um, bullying from mm. the other kids at the at the home. Um, when she was 12 years old, so this is she went into the like this system, I think nine, and then she suffered through it for a little bit. Um, when she was 12, she left the children's home to try and find her birth mother and eventually ended up finding her in another town in Florida, Blountstown. Um, And, you know, they reconnected, I guess. But in September of 1977, when she was 14 years old, she was forced into a marriage with a 20-year-old man called Gooper Falling. I think they were related in some way. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, And... As you can imagine, the marriage was super unhappy. Like, they fought daily, and it ended in a divorce after six weeks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's fast. Uh, and apparently, like, the fights were super violent. Um, Christine once threw a 25-pound stereo at her husband during one of them. Like, oh my God. it was bad. Yeah. Um, and then... Right after this divorce, she became seriously ill with something that one of the articles I read described as, quote, a bizarre hypochondriac phase, end quote. Um, Over the next two years, she had to be hospitalized over 50 times. Wow. Yeah. Um, And she basically said that she had hallucinations um she complained of like red dots in her eyes uh she also had like a super irregular period like all of these symptoms and they would kind of change every single time that she visited and the doctors rarely found any treatable symptoms like they they were like there's nothing physical um Hmm. so when she was 16 she was diagnosed as incapacitated on medical instructions um but you know you still have so young yeah, I I always I like forget this too because, like honestly, a lot of these behaviors are something that you see in like older teens. Yeah, I thought she was like in her twenties at this point. But yeah, then, but yeah. it's literally it's two years after her marriage. Wow. She was sixteen years old. Yeah, it's like insane. Um, so she had to make money somehow, um, which is understandable, you know, like you still have to live. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, in order to make money, she ended up working as like a babysitter. Okay. For some of her neighbors Uh and some of her friends. Okay. At first I was like, okay, babysitting. And then I I remembered where the story's going. Yeah. I'm not on board anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought the same thing too. When I (sighs) first started, I was like, oh, like this is, you know, the beginning. And then it goes worse from there. Like after the babysitting, now it doesn't. Um, but she, she, I guess, somehow gained this reputation um, as a young woman who deeply cared for children and was reasonable in every way and was um, responsible. So a lot of people trusted her to watch their kids. Um, this is kind of where the story takes a little bit of a turn for the worse. Oh, no. Um, on February 25th, 1980... Two-year-old Cassidy Johnson was sent to a doctor's office in Florida, um, and it was under the assumption that she had a life-threatening condition caused by encephalitis. Um, her symptoms were very bad, and she was very close to death. Um, 
at the doctor's office, she was diagnosed with meningitis, and that was caused by traumatic brain injuries. Um, Three days later, she died from internal injuries. She was two years old. That's heartbreaking. Absolutely horrific. Um, And so she ended up having an autopsy done. And that basically said that the cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head. Okay. Um, Christine Falling was babysitting for her. And she said that Cassidy had fallen out of her crib after passing out. How... Don't, don't cribs have, like, sides? Like, I would assume so, yeah. Interesting? So the attending physician on the case didn't believe a word of this like, yeah. at all and basically recommended to the police that they check on Christine and make, like, make sure the situation was okay and, like, figure out what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and this part really gets me. Because I think I've talked about this before with my issues with the police department and the handling of some of their cases. Mm -hmm. But this note was lost on its way to the police department. Oh my god. So, and there was no evidence to contradict Falling's version of the story. She was the only person there. And if she said that that was what happened, like, they had no choice but to believe her. I feel like looking at the crib and seeing it has, like, railings, it would be like, hmm, how how did a two-year-old fall out of the... I mean, I guess they can, like, Line at that point, yeah. but still, like, that would be a very convenient, not convenient, like, you know, just like yeah. a mm-hmm. weird coincidence for them yeah. to pass out right at the top of the railing, and then I don't know. Yeah, make- it's it's super suspicious. The attending physician was spot on with that, like, being suspicious. Yeah. Um, but I guess the police just figured that, you know, this is a young woman who is babysitting, and there was nothing wrong with that case at all. And, like, since there was no hard evidence that they could find, they just didn't pursue it any further. Mm. And her case was dropped. Um, shortly after her death, Falling moved to Lakeland, Florida. So same same state, just a different, different town. Okay. Um, and uh, she began babysitting again to support herself. Within a few months of her arriving in Lakeland, a four-year-old boy who was in Falling's care suddenly stopped breathing without any prior signs of having any sort of illness. Um, This happened about two months later, so early summer 1980, and this was four-year-old Jeffrey Davis. Um, The death of Jeffrey Davis was, like, as suspicious as the death of Cassidy Johnson it was mm-hmm. the situation was just really weird so they ordered an autopsy again and the autopsy basically said that he had a, a condition that caused chronic heart inflammation um, it's called myocarditis and even though that, that this was like a thing that they said he had according to the autopsy they did also say that like this was insufficient to be the cause of death But the medical examiner had noted no other potential cause of death, so they closed the case. What? Yeah. They were just like, hmm, don't know the cause of death, so I guess we'll just move on. Basically, I'm like, because they they couldn't figure out anything, like, apparently this situation wasn't, like, suspicious enough for the police to investigate or anything. Um, Yikes. 
three days later, it was during his funeral when uh, Christine Falling was asked to babysit uh, two-year-old Joseph Spring, oh, who God. was Jeffrey's cousin, because his parents were going to the funeral. So they needed someone to watch the kid. Oh my God. A few hours after she started babysitting, um, he passed away. <gasps> During the funeral? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, again, they went to the physician who basically said that um, Joseph might have had the same viral infection that caused the mysterious disease that killed Jeffrey Davis. So there was no investigation into the deaths of either of these boys. And once again, Christine Falling just left that area and she moved back to Perry, Florida. Um, so this is July of 1981 and she is in her hometown of Perry in Northern Florida. Um, yeah, I just, um, I guess, word of this traveled a little bit um, and no one really wanted to let their children near her. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, so um, she started working as like an assistant for seniors. I mean, I guess since like, so she moved over here and she isn't babysitting like small kids anymore, right? But um, I guess like the way that things spread is that they thought that she was like, may have carried some sort of disease that killed the kids. Oh, um, okay. And like, so it was like unintentional or something like that. I'm like, I think that's what, like what they thought. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so she started to work, um, not as like, what's the word for it? Nursing assistant, I guess. Okay. Um, for like seniors. So, uh, she started working for a man called William Swindle and, uh, the same day that she started working for him, 77-year-old William Swindle passed away. Oh, my God. And because of his age and that he was in a poor medical condition before, the local authorities just said, oh, heart attack, and they didn't investigate at all. She's really just, like, killing these people immediately. Like, yeah. Wow. Like, there's, there's no recovery time. She no. goes somewhere, finds a person, and then kills them. Wow. It's insane. Um, so in the fall of the same year Christine's half-sister was with her and Christine's half-sister had an eight-month-old child called Jennifer Daniels and in fall of the same year Jennifer Daniels died oh no Um, so this happened when they were all on a trip to the supermarket and Uh, Her half-sister left Christine with her daughter for a few moments in the car, during which time she stopped breathing. Um, Basically, her half-sister came back to the car to discover Christine, like, kind of hysterical, saying that the baby won't be breathing. And um, I think what happened is that her half-sister was like, oh, like, don't worry. The, the kids sometimes don't move for a little bit. They're okay. And then, like, checked on her daughter and realized that, no, her daughter was actually dead. Oh, my God. Which I can't even imagine what she felt in that moment because no. she left to go to the supermarket for, like, two seconds. Like, I can't imagine the guilt that she must have felt after that. Yeah. Um, 
the doctors basically suspected that it was um, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. Mm-hmm. And like, again, like super mysterious, the kids just die. Yeah. So like Jennifer Daniels' death was determined to be like of natural causes and there was no investigation. Um, and Christine, again, was just a victim of circumstance who had just happened to be there when the kids God. died. It's been so many deaths at this point, though. Exactly. God. Um, so, kind of what I would call the turning point in this case is, or what some articles call a death streak, um, was the death of a 10-week-old called oh, Travis Coleman. God. And um, Travis died on July 2nd, 1982, while Christine was taking care of him in Blundstown. Um, at the autopsy, the doctors found internal injuries that they ruled could only have been caused by suffocation. Um, so the police contacted Falling, and at that instance, she confessed to murdering three of the kids because she said that she heard voices telling her to quote-unquote kill the baby. Okay. Um, she suffocated the kids with pillows and blankets. Oh my god. Yeah. So her, the motive behind this, like if there was any logical reason, it's unknown. Wow. Um, she said, quote, I don't know why I done what I done. The way I done it, I seen it done on TV shows. I had my own way though, simple and easy. No one could hear them scream, end quote. And I just think that that's absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, like, I just can't, I can't imagine no. being those parents and then just hearing that, like, yeah. their kids were just killed for no reason. By someone they trusted to take care of them. Exactly. Like, that's just crazy. Like, I, I can't even imagine. No. Um, but she did confess, so she was sentenced to life imprisonment in December of 1982. And because she confessed, she can't be put on death penalty. Oh. Um, after serving 25 years in prison, she was eligible for parole, but her application for parole was rejected by the review board in November of 2017. Um, there was no one who supported her who attended the parole hearing. And she will be eligible for another hearing in seven years, so 2024. Oh. Um, she is at, uh, at the Homestead Correctional Institute in Florida. Um, and so even though like her motives were not explained at all, um, and she was known to have suffered from mental illnesses, she actually wasn't classified as legally insane. Um, so she just had no motive behind it. Um, She did say the following, though, um, in a taped confession describing Travis's murder. She said, quote, I just choked him, no apparent reason. I just picked him up off his pallet and choked him to death and laid him back down, end quote. Oh, my God. Like, this this kid, like, Travis wasn't doing anything, like, not crying, not, not, like, moving, not acting up. And she just picked him up and killed him. It's horrifying. Um, 
uh, with Cassidy falling said that they had just come inside after a play session and she said quote she got kind of rowdy or something anyway I choked her until she quit breathing end quote and I she said that she killed Jennifer because Jennifer had been crying and that was it that was the only reason like god and that she killed Joseph because she quote unquote just got the urge end quote she also said at the end of of this confession, she said, quote, I killed him. That's all I got to say. I don't know why. End quote. My God. Um, That's scary. Yeah. And the last thing that I do want to put out about this case is that three years into the sentence, she admitted that she killed Swindle. Um, even though his death was like ruled a heart attack. She said that she just wanted to kill him. And then she strangled him. Um, yeah, this case was probably one of the most horrifying yeah. that I've read so far. And we've talked about some dark stuff. Yeah. But this one, like, the fact that there was, like, no motive. She just wanted to. Yeah, that's And then she scary. did. I just think that's absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and it really just, I feel like it makes you not trust anyone. Yeah. You know? Like, wow. Especially, like, being a parent and, like, having to trust your kids with a babysitter. Like, exactly. You really gotta know that babysitter. Right. And, like, I mean, like, I know that it was, like, young, like, the um in the 19, mid-1900s when, like, background checks and all yeah, that yeah. thing. But it's just still absolutely horrifying that that even happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like this case is definitely going to be one of those that, like, sticks with me. Yeah. Especially because she did this when she was so young. Yeah. I keep on forgetting about that. Like, that's a child. That's a child who's killing people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, horrifying. And I'm sorry if you (laughs) stuck around to listen to it. I'm sorry. Um, Maddie, I'm also sorry that I traumatized (laughs) you. Um, but you know, you know what I say. It happened to me, so it has to happen to you, too. This is true. <laughs> it's what you signed up for, you know. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Um, and again, I leave you to the awful, awful task of changing the subject. Good luck. Thank you. Um, well, I just passed my bedtime currently, so I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I really feel you. Um, but I have recently discovered a love for country music that I never knew I had. So Hell yeah. kind of been fun, you know, because I was getting like sick of the music playlist that I had, like of music that I liked already. I was like, this is mm-hmm. kind of getting boring. So now <laughs> I'm exploring a whole new genre. So... Spice it up with some country. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I love that for you. So if anyone has any country song recommendations, I am open to any. <laughs> amazing but yeah I think that's it for me do you have any life updates um that was a pretty good life update I have a kind of sad one I went I to the dentist today and I have like a permanent retainer in and I guess she was like cleaning under the bottom of it and then broke off one of the brackets <gasps> oh no um, and like like it's still on and everything it just doesn't feel good because, like, it's, oh. like, straight-up metal and it's kind of sharp and I don't like it. And she was oh like, 
we can fix it maybe, but maybe your insurance won't cover it. And I was like, but you broke it. Yeah, what? <laughs> they should, I feel like they should just fix it for free if they broke it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I have to go back for another appointment for them to like fix another filling that's cracked. But oh my it's god! Fine. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> series of disappointments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a life update for me. That, well, that's just about it. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I do too. Oh god. Um. Well. Thank you. <laughs> um, there's like no good way to change the subject after that. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, well, do you have anything else that you want to share? I do not. Okay. So go into my little Spiel us out. Yeah. Nice. So you can find us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. Follow us, like our photos, DM us. And from our profile, you can email us. Email us at begrimpodcast at gmail.com. Send us thoughts on stories we have covered or stories you want us to cover um, or country music recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have a Facebook, which is po- Grim Podcast, and a Twitter, which is Podcast Grim. And other than that, just leave us a good review and tell your friends and family about us. Yeah, and we will see you guys next week for some, for some paranormal stories from Europe. Oh, yeah. Um, I have two options that I'm still trying to decide which should be a good story. So it'll be a surprise for both of us. Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, stay safe, stay healthy. Bye. Bye.